video is not a single application. It is hundreds or thousands of separate things. One of the trends that is occurring in IoT is that the manufacturers of the things are trying to become services companies. This and more on today's Communications Developer Zone as we take a look at real-time communications and the intersection of IoT and video. I'm Alan Percy, Senior Director of Product Marketing at Dialogic and your podcast host. Video is one of the greatest communication tools ever invented. Using our acute sense of vision, humans can quickly detect danger, recognize familiar faces, measure emotions, anticipate threats, and, and much, much more. Meanwhile, new Internet of Things technologies allow connectivity to places and devices in remote locations, embedded in the manufacturing process, work in industrial and domestic applications, and collects information to better make decisions. Integrating video into IoT systems is an opportunity to make workers more efficient, avoid dangerous situations, and potentially react much more quickly. To better understand how these two technologies intersect, we asked Dean Boobly, a noted industry futurist with disruptive analysis, to join us on a webinar, sharing some of his observations on the impact of IoT and video. Dean always provides some fascinating insight on the future of communications, how people interact, health, and city life. Some of the observations he provided during the webinar were actually quite enlightening, and I thought it would be good to share some of them with you here in my podcast. Uh, we started the conversation with taking a closer look at video and, and the use cases for video and how they've changed over the 20 years or so, moving from, frankly, from TV to YouTube. And as Dean notes, the result is that video has found its way into many, many other applications. Some possible applications for video. And uh, I mean, one of the things I should say is that video is not a single application. It is hundreds or thousands of separate things. When you see predictions that the proportion of video traffic on the internet will increase, uh, it's worth saying that that number is an amalgam of a lot of different things, everything from watching you know, live sports on TV um, through to video. You know, to traditional person-to-person -person video conferencing, um, but also increasingly a whole range of other um, uh, uses and applications, whether that's a sort of security or advanced biometrics, um, uh, maybe healthcare-related applications, and so on. So uh, uh, video is not a monolith, and video communications uh, is not monolithic either. And that leads to a natural question. Why has video become so commonplace? Access to low-cost video cameras and displays for a broad range of applications from mobile to phones and automotive, healthcare, and security applications. The fundamental driver for this intersection of video with IoT is one of the underlying key enablers, the image sensors um, that are used uh, are both for, for still images but also for video as well. Uh, and these have evolved uh, hugely over the last sort of 10 to 15 years. Uh, initially, um, mostly used in still format for digital cameras, um, then uh, as webcams, typically in laptops, uh, integrated or, or external, uh, and then um, certainly over the last uh, 10 years, uh, an ever-increasing um, rise in the capabilities of smartphone. 
um, cameras, um, which are obviously increasingly used for video as well as still images. Um, I mean, video is not new. I mean, video was around in, in early uh, 3G phones um, for uh, from about 2002 onwards. Uh, but certainly now, if you look at uh, consumer applications in particular, video is a, a major driver of uh, image sensors and camera modules in uh, a variety of devices. And, and it's that scale effect which is also meant that um, we now have a whole range of uh, camera sensors suitable for other devices, um, whether they're vehicles or industrial machinery for quality control or um, doorbells at home uh, or advertising boards which look at uh, footfall um, people walking past them. Uh, and if, if you go to uh, an electronics uh, website which sells components, um, you can find that there are hundreds, possibly thousands of different types of image sensor. Um, and uh, different qualities, different sizes, um, you know, different standards, and so forth. Uh, and this is, is a core enabler of uh, video-capable IoT endpoints. Um, the, the, the image at the top right uh, is a camera that's specifically designed to work with the Raspberry Pi um, low-end uh, computer um, as a, an input source. The corollary of the image sensor uh, is the display side of this as well, and uh, um, equally um, displays are available in all sizes and uh, resolutions and uh, uh, technology types and qualities. Um, and so together, the, the proliferation of options for uh, camera modules and, and sensor chips uh, and displays is making it ever easier for um, a, some other form of device vendor beyond the mass market uh, to integrate uh, video capabilities uh, into that product. But not all applications for IoT and video are the same. Dean recognized that there are three main directions forward for the application of video and IoT together. IoT is the new endpoint for a service or IoT events trigger video sessions, or where IoT improves a video collaboration session. So this brings me on to sort of a, a central slide of the uh, presentation. And uh, I, I view the sort of three main vectors um, for IoT and video um, to work uh, together. Um, the, the first one is probably the most obvious, it's where um, a new device type um, embeds video capabilities, uh, whether that's camera, display, or both, um, or it's uh, the enabler of a new uh, service. Um, and I'll come on to what that means uh, in a couple of moments. And, and clearly here you have a massive diversity from you know, high-end devices like uh, vehicles uh, down to uh, yeah, the very, very cheapest sort of either wearable um, or other device, which uh, is a uh, perhaps uh, aimed at a niche. The second category of, of intersection is a bit more subtle, um, and this is where an IoT um, event or measurement or action um, can interact with um, a perhaps sort of adjacent uh, video call or video conversation or, or video instance, um, either because it triggers it, um, so you can imagine uh, uh, perhaps a sensor in a factory um, registers a machine going over a temperature threshold and, and sets up a, an interaction between an engineer and a supervisor, um, or it could be that it somehow um, enhances uh, 
uh, a video communication or voice communication that's uh, going on between two people anyway, perhaps providing um, corollary data um, that allows a, a business decision to be made. And the, the last one is um, where IoT devices um, actually are used in the context of, of um, video calling, video conferencing, unified communications and collaboration um, to improve the environment or um, effectiveness uh, of that uh, communication session and conversation. Um, and that might be additional IoT technology used in meeting rooms, for example, um, that makes uh, the process considerably more seamless um, than is typical. What about some specific examples of new IoT voice and video enabled communication endpoints? So where do they go? And let's let's hear about some examples. So just to give some examples and put some color on this, I mean, there's an increasing range of uh, devices now which have cameras or displays. Yeah, we're particularly familiar with uh, vehicles where you obviously have uh, video capable uh, displays uh, embedded in dashboards these days and also cameras for reversing and increasingly for, for sort of self or either self-driving or assisted driving uh, forward-facing and side cameras um, to allow the vehicle to monitor uh, traffic and sometimes that's going to be coupled with other uh, non-video sensors like uh, LiDAR, um, uh, which is a, a technology which is uh, sometimes the, the object on the roof of, of uh, early self-driving cars, um, which essentially uh, you know, sort of maps out uh, the surrounding environment. CCTV cameras we're obviously familiar with. Um, AR and VR. AR and VR is interesting. It's not just the display technology, but they will quite often have cameras inside um, the headsets um, to monitor eye tracking uh, where your where your gaze is, for example. Um, so you know, the, the sort of camera sometimes camera capabilities are integral, uh, not just for communication, but to allow the uh, effective function of the overall unit. Um, uh, Amazon is now uh, moving on from its uh, Echo device to uh, the audio voice recognition one uh, to a, a video capable. Uh, unit um, which perhaps can help you with you know, fashion choices or uh, it could be it could be uh, telling you if you've got the, the cooking wrong or I can imagine in the future maybe uh, self-assemble furniture it will um, provide helpful hints to if it spots that you're making a mistake and that's my guess on my part you have um, that strange telepresence robot uh, which is called a double um, which essentially allows people to uh, work remotely at a different office by having a, a head height video image uh, and camera uh, trundle around uh, another office building and perhaps attend meetings and at one level you think it could be quite creepy to have one of these uh, roll up to the conference table representing a colleague around the world but it actually perhaps is, is more humanizing um, that, than just a face on the screen um, in certain circumstances. You have the city uh, street terminals, uh, that's a Link NYC box, and as well as uh, offering Wi-Fi and uh, digital display and maps and things like uh, phone charging capabilities, it, it, it bristles with other sensors. So, for example, you might find that uh, it's being used to monitor the number of people uh, walking past it at a particular location, or even the types of people who are walking past it to change the advertising. Uh, again, there's a lot of privacy issues and concerns that you could imagine, uh, but for now, um, that's certainly a, a direction of travel. 
And then we're going to see, uh, I'll talk about drones in a minute, but, but clearly uh, uh, most drones, I would say, uh, have some form of camera capability uh, attached to them for, for inspection or entertainment purposes. So we have these cool new endpoints. How are the manufacturers going to monetize them? Well, it seems the trend is to use the device to enable a service with ongoing subscription plans to create a long-lasting revenue stream. You can sell a camera once, but there's little margin in a very competitive market. If you sell a security service, you now have an ongoing revenue stream. One of the trends that is occurring in IoT is that the manufacturers of the things are trying to become services companies in a lot of cases to avoid commoditization, to build customer relationships and get ongoing recurring revenue streams. Um, and that's interesting because some of the, the service elements um, may well be around communications and video in one form or another. So, for example, on the left, there's a, a drone, uh, but that's actually offered as a drone as a service. Um, uh, for things like um, uh, inspection of construction sites or agriculture and farms. Uh, and and the, the idea here is that um, drone companies face some pretty severe uh, price competition. There's, there's a very one lar very large player, D DJI, um, which has a, a large market share and uh, in the sort of the drone sales side of things. So um, some of the other suppliers are looking to services models rather than outright sales. Um, in order to uh, avoid commoditization, uh, add value, and, and uh, integrate into uh, vertical solutions. And so here you would have the communications from the drone, the images, the analytics, the storage perhaps, uh, as a, a value add above and beyond the, uh, the drone itself. And it, in fact, it may well be that it's provided with a, as a managed service with a, with a pilot as well. In the middle, there's a, an exercise bike which has a, um, a video trainer um, where you can actually have a, a live session uh, potentially distributed with tens or even hundreds of people um, in different locations um, being uh, motivated over video by an actual live trainer who, whose feed you can see. It doesn't necessarily need to be two-way video. Uh, I don't think the, the trainer needs to have a display of you know, 40 people uh, sweating away on bikes in front of them. Um, but there may well be, uh, again, opportunities here for um, new forms of uh, team and collaboration, um, perhaps not on this sport, but on, on other forms of, uh, of sporting equipment as well, where you have uh, perhaps player-to-player -player or participant-to-participant -participant, uh, video. And the last one is uh, connected doorbell. Uh, and the idea here is that uh, we're familiar with, with entry phones where, where there's a, you're, you're able to um, see who is uh, ringing, the ringing the door. Um, but this actually, uh, there's a series of, of, of vendors which are now looking to offer this um, for remote uh, door opening um, from a mobile phone. You can imagine that you might want to open the door um, while you're in the garden, perhaps. Um, but also, even if it's a, if it's a trusted vendor uh, or a supplier or delivery, uh, or perhaps a cleaner or someone like that, um, you might use it to open the door uh, while you yourself are somewhere completely different uh, after you check the uh, um, uh, authentic, authentic and authenticated the, the person who, who wants to get entry to your property. And there, there are um, opportunities for services around um, uh, storage, the actual mobility aspect of it, perhaps uh, analytics. Um, and uh, yeah, that's, that's something that could be offered uh, as a, a cloud capability. Here, the interesting question is whether or not the device vendors will 
whilst they want to become services providers, what aspects of that service they will own and operate themselves and what they will want to obtain as a, if like a, from a platform as a service provider. And clearly some of the things like payments, uh, they will almost certainly uh, use a third party uh, processor for. Uh, and so we may well find that there's a tier of um, uh, communications and video service providers, uh, which perhaps uh, offer some of these capabilities as uh, APIs and components and microservices um, yeah, that are delivered um, as a part of an integrated solution. Uh, so that's going to have some interesting opportunities for the, those sort of uh, horizontal providers into the IoT space as well. Uh, and, and, and one of the interesting uh, side effects here is that the IoT changes our perception of what video communication uh, tends to be. We're used to um, video being um, either a person-to-person -person talking head video call uh, or perhaps a room-based uh, conference. Um, and uh, IoT changes that. We may find that we have video in one direction and voice in another. Uh, example here with uh, drones um, where you have uh, perhaps uh, the, the device flying, uh, you have the operator who clearly needs to see what is going on uh, in one direction and be sending control messages the other. But they may well also have a third person or a second person, uh, a third endpoint in the loop, uh, which could be a remote expert or their client who is telling them um, what to look at. So you can imagine it could be a, um, yeah, a, a drone being flown over a farm and you might have the owner of the farm or an irrigation specialist who can say, oh, check the next field or can you zoom in for a closer look? And so there again, you might have one-way video uh, and two-way voice between the operator and the specialist. And the same thing could be an architect uh, inspecting progress on a, a construction site. There's quite a lot of um, uh, use cases here in verticals. I mean, there's a lot of interest in public safety. You could imagine sending a drone into uh, a, a dangerous situation or a burning building or something. Um, rather than uh, the, uh, the public safety representative, first of all, or perhaps even while they're still in the vehicle uh, on the way to the, to the incident. So there's some, some interesting and evolving formats uh, that we'll get from IoT um, and video uh, intersection. But the visible spectrum of 2D video is just only the beginning. Dean explains that based on a visit he made to a recent conference focused on sensors, there are a host of new infrared, 3D, and other technologies on the way, enabling a whole new host of applications. Uh, and I think one of the other things that I'm definitely seeing is, and I was at a sensor conference uh, a couple of weeks ago, was a huge proliferation in the other types of video and image capability that are coming onto the market. And we're initially perhaps going to see in higher end industrial products, um, but also are going to crop up in phones and tablets and PCs, uh, as well as a, a likely new range of uh, additional devices as well. And I think that, that, that here, um, if you like, the, the sensor themselves is, is, the, is where the IoT um, reference comes in. And uh, among the things that I saw was uh, interest in uh, infrared uh, imaging for uh, for things like heat sensing, um, which has a whole range of use cases. For example, uh, counting number of people in a room. Um, you have digital microscopes for sort of fine-tuned uh, um, inspection of uh, machinery, perhaps. Um, 3D imaging has a, a lot of uh, potential here, uh, either in terms of biometrics, 
um, you know, where you can actually recognize faces as they move, um, but also for uh, distance sensing, um, which is uh, important in a, a growing number of um, areas, again, you know, from robots and drones uh, to ensure sort of safe operation uh, through to vehicles and so on. And, and the way that works is by uh, using an infrared beam um, which is uh, then the reflections of which are picked up within the same camera module. So, so the, our idea of what is video will change, um, and uh, that has some uh, uh, interesting implications in terms of how we treat um, uh, image data uh, in the network as well, and, and what services and applications can uh, drive from that. And the last one I mentioned there was, was eye tracking and emotion sensing. And this is interesting because that, in some levels, will be done on the device itself. There are some um, uh, chipsets now which are sophisticated enough to do certain levels of uh, analysis right down on the device. But in other cases, there'll be a need to collect and store that data for uh, larger scale you know, analytics or uh, more um, uh, reference to databases for, for recognizing uh, perhaps cultural cues and things like that. So where does it go from here, and what are the opportunities for new businesses? Well, Dean explores this topic in much more detail in the companion white paper that he authored, uh, which you can request a copy from the Dialogic IoT landing page at www.dialogic.com IoT. And I want to thank Dean for his insight on IoT and video. There surely will be more to come. And thanks for listening. Uh, don't miss an episode here at the Communication Developer Zone by following me at Alan, A-L-A-N-D-Percy, P-E-R-C-Y, on Twitter. Love to have your comments and suggestions, and I always appreciate hearing from you. And let's stay connected, and I hope you have a great day. Thanks for listening.